Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. friends good morning wake up wake up it's time to wake up wake up wake up it's time to wake up <laughs> good morning my friends how are you this morning on a Saturday morning as you all know sometimes I wake up a little burpy <laughs> so I am just excited I've gotten some rest I trust me I could have slept a little bit more I don't know why I guess I'm getting older my body's getting older but um, I could have uh, just kept resting, but I was like, nope, I got to get up. I got to rock and roll because we need to dive into the Word of God. Uh, thank you for those who keep joining us every week. We thank you for your uh, loyalty, for joining us, for tuning in, and following along as we've been going from chapter to chapter in various different books of the Bible. And we welcome you, those who are joining us for the first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Word of God podcast. This is a place where we speak the Word of God, we read it, and we see what it tells us, what it instructs us to do, and most of all, how it guides us to help us in everyday life, circumstances, and situations so that we can move forward to fulfill everyday purpose in our life as God would want it to be. So my friends, we're going to be picking up where we left off in the book of Zechariah. We are in chapter 11, and we're going to move, um, continue to finish chapter 11 today. There's a lot to cover here. Um, and just to do a quick recap, we had spoken last week about the desolation of Israel um, how God was going to come in in a furry fire. He was going to tear down the oppressors. He was going to um, do away with those who have walked away from him. Um, and in the midst of all this, he was still going to help those who truly honored him, reverent him, uh, glorified him, and always stood strong in his commandments and what he always wanted them to do. And now we're going to continue reading on uh, at the continuation of what, how God was uh, speaking to Zechariah and the information he was giving him and the illustrations. So we're going to be picking up Zechariah chapter 11. We're going to start with verse number four. This is what it says. Thus says the Lord, my God, feed the flock for slaughter whose owners slaughter them and feel no guilt. Those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their shepherds do not pity me. For I will no longer pity the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. But indeed, I will give everyone into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king. They shall attack the land, and I will not deliver them from their hand. So I fed the flock for slaughter, in particular the poor of the flock. I took for myself two staffs, the one I called beauty, and the other I called bonds, and I fed the flock. I dismissed the three shepherds in one month, my soul loathed me, and their soul also abhorred me. Then I said, I will not feed you. Let what is dying die, and what is perishing perish. Let those that are left eat each other's flesh. And I took my staff, beauty, and cut it in two, that I may break the covenant which I had made with all the peoples. So it was broken on that day. Thus the poor of the flock who were watching me knew what it was 
the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, if it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, that princely price they set on me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Then I cut in two my other staff bonds that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. And the Lord said to me, next take for yourself the implements of a foolish shepherd. For indeed I will raise up a shepherd in the land who will not care for those who are cut off, nor seek the young, nor heal those that are broken, nor feed those that still stand. But he will eat the flesh of the fat and tear their hooves in pieces. Woe to the worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. A sword shall be against his arm and against his right eye. His arm shall completely wither and his right eye shall be totally blinded. Father, we thank you so much for this word. While there is so much to cover here, Lord, that you are giving us what an illustration and a perfect example of um, just how you see, want us to see how shepherds uh, are leading their cattle. Now shepherds in the field with animals and how it resonates with us here today as well. How shepherds dealing with human beings, that means leaders, that means those in position leading the people here as well today and how it resonates with us and how we can apply it to our lives. So we thank you for this word. Amen. My friends, there's a lot to cover here. Wow, this is very deep. We always talk about how, you know, God will give us examples. He'll give us illustrations. He'll give us illustration, uh, instructions. He'll guide us. And in this passage of scripture, he's really breaking it down. Because remember, he previously had told us that he was going to be tearing down those people in high places and in high positions, right? Because those people were not doing, those leaders were not doing good by their people. They were um, oppressing people. They were dismissing God. They were no longer following God's commandments. They were no longer, you know, adhering to um, the the traditional uh, celebratory holy days and things of that nature. And here, God is breaking down an example, a perfect example of what we could look at. So when he says, thus says the Lord, my God, I feed the flock for slaughter, whose owners slaughter them and feel no guilt. Who, those who sell them say, blessed be the Lord, for I am rich and their shepherds do not pity them. For I will no longer pity the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. But indeed, I will give everyone into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king. They shall attack the land, and I will not deliver them from their hand. I mean, pretty much in this situation right here, God is speaking about how the shepherds themselves, in the example of slaughtering the flock, because when we think about farmers, so let's break this down. We think about farmers who have cattle, right? Who have flock right? They're responsible for raising these animals, for making sure they're healthy, for making sure that when they go to the slaughter, which we all know, you and I eat both chicken, beef, and a whole bunch of other stuff. This is what we eat as humans, that those things that go to the slaughter is really uh, if we think about this in the natural, before I'm going to illustrate in the spirit, 
if we think about this in the natural how the farmers gather all their flock they're feeding the flock correctly so the flock is healthy their cattle the chickens the roosters the cows whatever it is that they're feeding they have to feed it correctly so that way when it goes to the slaughter and it becomes meat pieces for you and i to buy in the supermarket it needs to be healthy it needs to be fresh it needs to be a meat that is of good substance so farmers good farmers will always attend to their cattle and treat them well and make sure that they're healthy they make sure that they're eating the right thing make sure that they're treated well right and not abused now in some instances we've heard during the course of centuries and history in the united states of america how several farmers back in the day um, and that's still somewhat happening now, but they're cracking down a little bit more now. We're not really taking care of those animals. We're not taking care of the things that were, they were getting ready to slaughter. And then they would get fines or, you know, the animals would die. So what does that mean? That's less inventory, less um, new, uh, food for the slaughtering to feed the people, whatever the case may be. We face that today, spiritually, our Heavenly Father, you and I both know, our Heavenly Father is our shepherd. And he guides us. He's given us his word to nourish us, to feed us, to give us healthy lives, it, as long as we follow his commandments, to give us instructions of things of what to do and not what to do. So we continue to fulfill our walk with him a healthy walk in believers of christ who believe in the word who believe in the supernatural power of our holy father who believe in jesus christ as the anchor who died on the cross for our salvation and it continues to sustain us so it gives us things healthy the day we die the day we might even be persecuted for believing in our heavenly father and in being anchored in jesus christ we're healthy we're going to slaughter healthy no matter what now this is some tough situations to speak about tough you know wordings because most people most christians don't want to think about slaughter they don't want to think about persecution they want to think about what might happen to them in the future or even now, of things that we're seeing, how this world is evolving, how the I, I, different ide ideologies are coming into the forefront, how things are being dismissed when it comes to God. And there's a spiritual warfare happening between the heavenlies, between good and evil. And if you turn on the news or you turn on the radio and you take a good look or listen, you're going to see, man, that it's just crazy out here. Like, there's so many evil things happening in this world. And some of you might be even questioning, well, where is God in all this? My God, my Heavenly Father, let me tell you, my friends, He's in heaven fighting a good fight on our behalf. Our Heavenly Father has our warrior angels, man, up there just, just, they're in battle. They're in battle like never before. Just because you can't see it, just because you might not hear it, and those of you who are really grounded in the Word of God and have the Holy Spirit operating in you and have tapped and know how to tap into heaven for communication, you have heard it and you have seen it. It's only, but it's only a few of you because many of us are still walking around on the surface. We still haven't tapped deep in, into the heavens like Christians are supposed to do. We, we haven't tapped in deep to the spiritual um, awakening so that we get communicated with God constantly. Some of us, we hear God's words here and there, but we're not fully grounded 100%. We're still working at that. For some of us, we get it sooner than others. For some of us, we're just still trying to figure out how do I hear from God, right? And for many of you, but that's still a small group of you, 
you hear God's word, you hear the battle, you see the battle. You may have even gone to heaven, visited heaven, gone into the heaven courts. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. If, if some of you know what I'm talking about, y'all know what I'm talking about. Because God will always prepare his children to hear his voice, to get the warning signs, to get the warning under the spiritual senses of hearing, seeing, knowing our heart, you know, everything. And in this situation, spiritually, God wants to prepare us also. But there is a major fight right now happening in the heavenlies, my friends. And if you don't believe it, something is wrong. You have to see what's happening on this earth and say, there is a major battle. <laughs> what is happening on earth right now, manifesting itself, there is a major battle in heaven happening ahead of time. And things are going down up there like never before. And we need to, as human beings down here on earth, those who are grounded in Christ, we need to be praying up a storm. We need to be interceding for this earth, for the things around us, for our environment, for our family, our friends, our neighbors, their so co-workers. There's so much we need to be interceding for because the enemy is running, running rampant like there's no tomorrow. You cannot tell me that when you turn on the news or the radio that you don't get shocked every day to hear something else crazy has happened in this world. And that's among people, people killing people. And I'm not just talking about like regular criminals. I'm talking about regular people like you and I, who are not criminals. We may not have a background record in criminality, being a criminal. People are just turning against each other. There's something in their air. There's something in the spirit. There's something in the atmosphere that is overtaking people in such a way that brings them out of their own element and has them doing crazy stuff. Killing people, destroying people, robbing people, uh, you know, shooting at people. I mean, just hitting them with their cars. I mean, I could just go on and on. And you're like, how could they be doing that? Because the enemy, the devil himself, his little minions that he has on this earth are running rampant and going into the minds of people that are very vulnerable and don't have relationship with their heavenly father or are having relationships with their heavenly father, but they're wavering in one way or another. Because we're even seeing things like happening of people who are supposedly Christians grounded in the faith, they too are getting caught up. So my friends, that's in the spiritual end now that we're talking about the shepherd, the slaughter, the, the, the flock. Now let's think about this also as us right now in the natural on earth. Now think of it this way. We spoke about the farmers. We spoke about it spiritually. Now let's talk about it politically, okay? And the only reason I say that is because as we read further in this scripture, we start to get some, some context in this word, what is told to us about what happens, right? With some situations and some positioning. Because when it talks about, but indeed I will give every one into their neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king, they shall attack the land and I will not deliver them from their hand. The king is the leader, the leadership, right? And think about it this way when it comes to the shepherd and the flock. Right now, you and I, we live in different states. We live in different towns, different communities, and we have different leaders. We have mayors, we have governors, we have the president of the United States, right? We have all those leaders. And when you think about those leaders and you think about how those leaders, especially with the mayor and the governor of a state or even the chief of police or even the chief of the fire department, whatever you want to call it, you know, those people in position with high statuses and you look at their trajectory, are they serving the people or are they oppressing the people? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Some of you might be like, oh my gosh, 
Look what she's saying. Look what Antonia's saying. Because I live in a town that blank, blank, blank. You might live in a town that you're like, crazy stuff is happening in this town and the chief of police is not doing anything and he's just going rampant or he's hanging with the hood or he, he's hanging with that gangsters or he's just like taking payouts and you know, blah, blah, blah. Or you might be in a, in a place, in a town that says, oh my gosh, we have great leadership here. They care about us. You know, we constantly have meetings, quarterly meetings as a community to bring forward, you know, our concerns for them to let us know what they're working on, how they're protecting the town, how they're protecting the homeowners, how they're protecting the owners of businesses, things of that nature. So you could outweigh all those and go, what's going on? Why is it different in this town? And why is it different in this town? Because let me tell you something, just like it says in the word, when they don't feed their flock, when these people um, just overtake whatever they can get and they no longer pity the people, they no longer have the good interests of those human beings, they now act on their own accord for their own gain, for their own greed. And in this scripture, God is saying it very clearly. Whose owners slaughter them and feel no guilt. Those who sell them say, blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And the shepherds do not pity them. For I would no longer pity the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. So that shepherd, that leader who's like, look, look, look at my flock. Look at what my cattle, look at what I got. And, and I'm sitting to one, but and this is gonna make me rich, right? It's giving themselves accolades, it's giving themselves status, it's giving them everything they need for themselves, but not to the people they are serving, not to the people that they made an oath or a promise to that they would take care of or oversee or look and be on alert or whatever to make sure that. Um, their livelihood is safe or their morales are still up accordingly to how it's supposed to be in everyday life, treatment to one another with respect as human beings. God is saying here in this word that he's going to allow things now to come and devour those kings, those leaders, those individuals, those people who are constantly slaughtering their flock, not caring about their flock, and going about their lives in high status places, edifying themselves as opposed to edifying God. And here's the thing, because God is making it clear that the people who reject God's people he will have no choice but to take care of those shepherds and let them be overtaken. So as we continue to read forward, this is what it says. So I fed the flock for slaughter, in particular the poor of the flock. I took for myself two staffs, the one I called beauty and the other I called bonds, and I fed the flock. I dismissed the three shepherds in one month. My soul loth them and their soul also abhorred me. Then I said, I will not feed you. Let what is dying die and what is perishing perish. Let those that are left eat each other's flesh. Now that is, that is crazy. But that is so true. So let's break this down now. God has said to Zechariah at this time, I want you to go take a job, right? Cause remember, God, Zechariah is God's messenger. And God, not only did he give visions and dreams to Zechariah, but he had Zechariah act out certain things on his behalf. And Zechariah was an obedient prophet. He was an obedient messenger of God. He would not like look one way or the other. Whatever God asked him to do, he would do it. So God basically had told Zechariah to take a job as a shepherd of a flock of sheep being fattened for slaughter. Right? And he goes and he does that. 
And when we talk about here about the flock, we talk about the flock being represented as the people feeding on their own greed and evil desires. And when people are just feeding on their own greed and their own evil desires, God is going to deal with them. And he's going to deal with them in a harsh way. Listen, Zachariah took on that job and he started to see how things were being done and how people were being treated. So he himself took the position of a shepherd and he fed the flock for slaughter because he said it. So I fed the flock for slaughter, in particular the poor of the flock, right? So some flock, when we talk about it in the farmland world, may have been fed correctly some things and may have not. That's why now when you and I go to the supermarket, you're going to see it says regular meat or organic meat or less fatty meat or more fat meat, right? It breaks it down into different categories. That was never the issue back in the day. Meat was meat. I remember when I was a little girl and I used to go and I used to buy meat for my mom because my mom couldn't go to the supermarket. She was half paralyzed. And I used to go to the supermarket and I would buy stuff. And there was never back in the day, organic this, organic that, 30% this, 30%. There was never that. I don't recall it as a little girl. It was just meat was meat. That was it. And at that time, honestly, we knew that was fresh meat. Because a lot of us grew on really good fresh meat. It's later on these years now that we're growing on farm meat. You know, chicken chicken raising farms or fish raising farms. And you're like, doesn't fish come from the ocean? Like, why is it coming from a farm, right? Anyway, but it breaks it down here of how particularly the poor of the flock, meaning he was starting to also feed the cattle, the flock that was mistreated, that wasn't fed correctly by the other shepherds, right? That he came alongside to be a shepherd with because when he took that job, there were other shepherds. He wasn't by himself. So he realized, oh my gosh, I went ahead and I fed the flock for slaughter, in particular the poor of the flock. I took for myself two staffs, the one I call beauty and the other I call bonds, and I fed the flock. So what does that mean? That he took two staffs. Well, we know staffs in the Bible, they're very powerful. Whenever someone would hold up a staff and a, and a shepherd would hold a staff to, you know, to, to lead the, the, the flock where it was going, right? Tap it. If so, one of the flocks was, you know, going out of the line, the tap it to like keep it going, staying in the line. That's where they had a staff. And then the staff we know was also very powerful because we remember the staff that Moses had back in the day. We remember every time a staff was used, it was used to do something supernatural and it represented the power of something. And so here, when Zachariah took the two shepherd staffs, he named them. He named these staffs, right? Because now he has a job. He says, oh, I'm going to take these two staffs and I'm going to name them. He said, one is going to be called beauty. And that is for the representation of really grace. And the other one, he's going to call it bonds for union. The word union. Now, bonds, you and I, when we think about bonds, we always think about bail bonds. Because that's all we ever hear is bail bonds. Somebody need a bail bond, get out, get out of jail. But in this case, it's about what it represents in what's happening with the shepherds, the feeding of the shepherd and the flock and where everything is going. And he says specifically, I, just, I, I took the two staffs. Myself took the two staffs, the one I copied and the other, and I will, I dismissed the three shepherds in one month. So what does that mean? I dismissed the three shepherds in one month. 
So he came, got this job, became a shepherd, and he told the other three shepherds, not just another shepherd, but three of them, uh, your job is done here. You can go. I'm going to handle it from here. Because Zach Zachariah was there on an assignment from God. So I dismissed the three shepherds in one month. That's 30 days, folks. Three, three shepherds, three leaders gone in 30 days. Three shepherds that probably were not good shepherds on that flock, on that cattle. And I want to talk about that for a minute because this is what happens. You know, there are so many shepherds, and I'm talking about leadership right now in the present that we're dealing with, that are being dismissed, that are being told that your job is over, your position is done, we no longer need you here, it's time for you to go. And they have reputations where they may have not been good shepherds or something was schemy about them. There was something that they may have been doing behind closed doors that we're not aware of. And when we talk about shepherds and leaderships, man, that's politicians, that is priests, that is um, pastors at the church, that is ministers. There's anyone in leadership who's responsible for a flock, that's responsible for, for community, that's responsible for people. That is even our parents. Our parents are all shepherds. They fall into that category too. They are not exempt. How you treating your kids? How you respecting your kids? How how you how how you um you know teach the, them up to, so they know which way to go? You know things of that nature. And and when he dis he, he dismissed them, it, it was like so, see ya. We don't need you anymore. So so God says this is a perfect example of how I'm gonna take shepherds that've been here for a while because I'm sure those shepherds were there for a while. Now mind you, Zechariah is a new shepherd. It's a new job for him, <laughs> right? So the fact that he took on this position and he's brand new and there's already these existing shepherds, three of them to be exact, who may have not been fleet, uh, feeding the flock correctly, not take care, taking care of them, they were probably abusing them. Zechariah came in and took them out. You say, y'all gotta go. Because what y'all been doing here ain't good. What you've been doing here is disgraceful. What you've been doing here, you have not been taking care of this cattle. You have not been taking care of this flock correctly. And he does that today with us. He takes leaders out of positions. Why? Because leaders are not taking care of their flock. They're not taking care of their congregate members. They're not taking care of the people who are ministering in those churches. They don't even acknowledge people who do the Sunday school, you know, study, the Sunday school with the kids, the, you know, the ushers. They've never gotten any recognition. All those volunteers in, in churches who have labored for years never got a cent. Never even got a stipend. And for y'all who don't know what a stipend is, as a stipend is, is something of like a courtesy payment to someone very small. It's like saying, Mr. Smith, thank you so much for 20 years of your life here at the church in so many ministries you've helped us with. Here's $50. That's a stipend. Okay, not a salary, it's a stipend. It's, it's a gesture. A nice gesture of here's something, you know, a monetary value for what you've helped us with. And some churches don't even do that to their leadership. They don't even give them stipends. And I can go into a whole story about this, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that because we need to stay word. Uh, we need to stay on track with what I'm talking about today. But he went and dismissed all three of them right away. He said, my soul loved them. And their soul also abhorred me. Now, here's the thing. When people get taken out, okay, <laughs> they're like, excuse me? Like, you just came here. You just recently started. How are we being dismissed? And you get to stay, right? Because here's the thing. 
in the scripture, it doesn't tell us who the three shepherds are. It doesn't tell us their identity. It doesn't tell us their background. It doesn't tell us anything. The only thing we know, based on the context of the scripture before that we read, is that these three dudes, shepherds, were having and living their lives in a rich manner over the things that they were responsible for and not really taken care of. And they were evil people. So they were evil shepherds, okay? And they were just living it up for themselves, you know, having, you know, lavish meals, whatever the case might be, while everybody else under their direction, their, their, um, their, um, their help hands, right? Because even in the farms, you've got, You've got the shepherds, which is the main farmers, but then you have the people who pick the crop. You have the people who work the machines. You have the people who package the stuff. So you have many people who are responsible for carrying out the deeds and the work for these shepherds, for these farmers. So breaking it down layman's terms so y'all understand what I'm talking about. So here, what happens now? These shepherds are gone. God says they're out of here. And it only took one person to get them out, which was Zachariah, because God put him in that position. And these three clowns, because I'm going to call them clowns, because they were doing evil stuff, um, they couldn't believe that they were being dismissed. Their souls were attacked. Of course their soul was attacked. Because they were very evil people. And all they cared about was greed, lusting, and and acquiring whatever they wanted for themselves. They were only operating in their flesh. They were not operating in the spirit. And they only cared about themselves. Right? So then it says here, after he dismisses the shepherd, (laughs) he says... I, then I said, I will not feed you. Let what is dying die and what is perishing perish. Let those that are left each eat each other's flesh. And I took my staff, beauty, and I cut it in two that I might break the covenant which I had made with all those peoples. Listen, God is operating through Zechariah in such a way here that is so powerful. Because God, through Zechariah, is saying, this is what I did. This is the illustration. Even though those shepherds had been given positions, they had covenants with me, I went ahead and I broke the covenant I had with them for prosperity, for supplying all their needs for allowing them to have statuses because of what they've done. And I'm not wasting any time. I'm just dismissing them and they're on their own. I'm not supplying them with anything. They have to figure it out. And if they fall by the wayside, meaning they die, die, they lack things, they have nothing now, that's on them. Because I had given them a position. I had given them a status. I had given them provision. I had given them the desires of the heart. And all they had to do was follow me as God, as number one. And then the children under me, my children, the people they were responsible for, they just had to make sure that they were healthy, feed them, clothe them, make sure they were taken well well care of. And they didn't do that. So now they're going to face a consequence. And that's what we're dealing here too, my friends. We're dealing with this too here today in the natural. Here, every day, 2022, we're dealing with leaders. We're dealing with shepherds. We're dealing with so many things that the those leaders only have interest, self-interest for themselves. They don't care about the communities. They don't care about their families. They only care about their fat bellies. They only care about their fat selves. They only want to feed themselves and have everything that they want. And they're hoarders. I mean, you name it. I could go down the the, the list here of things. 
And God sees all that. And it's tearing people down right now. Shepherds, people in leadership, people in positions that you thought would never, never be taken out. Start listening to what's happening, my friends, around the world. Check out just recently, a couple of leaders are no longer there. Big top leaders. Big top, big top leaders that the world knew about are no longer there. And people are like, how did it happen? This is a perfect example of how it happened. Perfect example. But let's continue reading on. It says, So it was broken on that day. Thus the poor of the flock who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. So, now the workers, now the people on the farm, now the people who, 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 who were the workers for these shepherds, they see now and witness what happened to those shepherds. And they knew in their heart, as it says it here in the word, that as they were watching Zechariah carry this out in front of them, they knew themselves, the poor of the flock, that that was from the word of the Lord. That that word didn't just come from Zechariah in the flesh. It came from a spiritual, heavenly place. Listen, we're sitting here today, you and I, looking at our leaders and asking ourselves, what is going on here? What is going on here? This is crazy. This is getting crazy. And we're also seeing leaders lose positions. We're seeing leaders uh, have no choice but to resign from positions. We're seeing so many things and we're wondering, how is this possible? It's possible because when God says enough is enough, he's going to come in and bring a good leader in and out wipe and wipe out those bad leaders. So here's the thing. This is what it says. So the people knew. The people that were working, they knew. They said, oh my gosh, they got rid of the, the three shepherds that we were used to being under oppressed by. And now that we're, we're under somebody better. So they knew it was from God. Then I said to them, if it is agreeable with you, give me my wages. And if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. So Zechariah was like, okay, I've come here. I've done my job. If it's suitable to you, pay me my wages, right? And I can move along. And if it's not, um, then just, you know, is it agreeable to you? Give me my wages. And if, and if not, refrain. Don't give it to me. If you don't want to give me my wages for what I've done, the work that I've accomplished, you know, I was here temporarily. <laughs> so that tells us Zechariah was literally there temporarily for like 30 days doing that job. And he came in he, and he cleaned the house. You ever had a job in the past where you used to have an old boss that the boss was just like, in your, in, in your, in your, you know, mind crazy. He was bugging out, whatever the case might be, he or she. And then somebody comes in and does clean, cleans house and they get rid of them. And new things start to happen in the company and you're like, you witness it and you're like, oh my gosh, things are really shaping up here. And the person only comes in temporarily. I know I've experienced that in my life, that I've had bosses come in, clean house, and then they're not even there a year. And then they leave, you know, with whatever they made. And we're like, oh my gosh, did that just happen? That dude just came in here for one year, cleaned house, and he left. <laughs> Um, so they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. So everybody collected their money, right? They collected money together and they gave Zachariah 30 pieces of silver. Now, back in the day, 30 pieces of silver was a substantial amount of money. 
30 pieces of silver for us today might be a little bit of money because if you have silver in your house, you know, a collection or something, that might have some money too. But back in the day, 30 silvers was 30 pieces of silver was a lot of money because if we remember also, I mean, if we go into the future of, you know, the New Testament and we find out that when Judah betrayed Jesus, he was also given 30 pieces of silver, which was a lot of money. But what does, what happens next? The Lord said to me, so now Zechariah fulfilled in obedience what God asked him to do. He came into this place. He became a shepherd. He was there for 30 days. He took out the evil people, right? Um, he got paid for his wages because God also wanted him to experience what people get paid in those times. Because Zechariah. Because Zechariah was a messenger from God, and he denied, he, he, he relied, I'm sure, on donations or whatever, but he also had, a, like, um, a, a livelihood job. You know what I mean? So he had to have made money somehow. I don't recall right now what it is. Sorry, guys. But at the end, here's, here's the bottom line. He was a messenger. That was primarily his job. He was a messenger of God, and he would go wherever God would send him. So he says... And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, that prince, princely price they set on me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Then I cut into my other staff bonds that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. So what happens here basically is Zechariah gets money for fulfilling his position that he did as a shepherd. And God said to him, I want you to take that money now and I want you to bless somebody with that money. Because God gave us the illustration here that potters back in the day, potters back in the day, were paid very little money under kingship, under leadership. They were considered like uh, the, the low status of workers. So they barely didn't make any money. But God said, take those 30 pieces, okay, and give them to the potter. So he did that. He, he, he went and he gave it to the potter. But at the same time, what he did was he took the staff that he called bonds. Now, bonds is for union. Remember that. And he broke the second one for the sake to show that the brotherhood between Judah and Israel was broken. Because you have to understand something. <sighs> Back in the day, Judah and Israel, because they came from lineages that were a brotherhood, a blood, things of that nature, there was still rivalry also between them. And the brotherhood became broken by this illustration because technically that is what happened that is what happened you know Judah and Israel were kind of in different sections they went their different ways and when we think about the fact that he gave the money to the potters because back in the day the potters were the lowest social class they were considered as the, the cheapest job, you know, the, 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 the layman's cheapest job. And they literally, the priests and the people in position would literally throw them money, like very little money for the work that they did. So because of this, God wanted to bless them. And here's the thing. Because the people have rejected the Messiah, now when we speak about Christ, right and we speak about the symbolism of Zechariah breaking the staff called bonds that's when we knew that later on the Jews began to divide into numerous groups you know Pharisees Sadducees Ennesis Erodarians Zealots you know they started to break up 
So this is evident of that, of this symbolism right now of what happened in the moment here with Zachariah of what he did and what it represented. So I'm going to keep going. And it says here, and the Lord said to me, next, take for yourself the implements of a foolish shepherd. For indeed, I will raise up a shepherd in the land who will not care for those who are cut off, nor seek the young, nor heal those that are broken, nor feed those that still stand. But he will eat the flesh of the fat and tear their hooves in pieces. God is going to do away with these shepherds. They're going to end up in situations they never even thought they would end up in. They're going to find that they're going to face consequences for not taking care of the flock, for not taking care of the people. And when we apply it to our lives today, you might be under oppression right now of some type of leader in your life, whether it's a politician, whether it's the mayor, whether it's the governor, whether it's somebody in your family, whatever it is, whoever's supposed to be the shepherd of you. And you're going through chaotic moments, situations. Your world is crumbled. You're oppressed. You're, you know, you're abused. Whatever the case may be, God is gonna come and He's gonna intervene and He's gonna take those people out, and He's gonna do it His way. And not only that, you'll be a witness to it because you'll be like, "Oh my gosh, this happened!" And you know it was God who came and performed the miracle in your life, who intervened. Because this is when now God says, I'm taking these people out and I'm going to do it my way. Because I'm sick and tired of people coming in and not taking care of my flock. And when we think about churches today, because y'all know we break it down here. There are a lot of leaders right now misleading churches, misleading their flock, their congregate members in the church. They're misleading them in such a way that God will allow certain things to even happen to those churches, to those situations. Now, there was an incident that just took place like a week ago. I cannot even talk about it because, you know, I try to be very generous of what I'm doing here with this podcast. And we don't want to go into some crazy stuff, but there was a pastor that got robbed, bottom line, and he got robbed of millions of dollars because of the goods he had on him, his jewelry, whatever the case might be, right? And and thieves came in and robbed him. Th- thieves came in and overtook him. This is a perfect example right here of what God is talking about. That he's going to let people come take the land. He's going to let people come and, and take things over. That's exactly what happened to that pastor. Now, I don't know the pastor. I don't know his history. I don't know his denomination. I don't know nothing about him. But it was exposed. And now it's all over the news. Okay? And this is exactly what God's saying. We're going to be witnesses. Just like the illustration here in the farm with these shepherds. And these people, they saw what happened to their shepherd. The congregant members, I'm sure, in that church saw what happened to their pastor. They were witnesses also because they were there too. Listen, it's a wake-up call right now. God is like, y'all better all wake up because I'm coming in. I'm going to tear things down. I'm going to tear things apart. And I'm going to take out shepherds who are evil shepherds, who are doing bad things. Now, I'm not here to say that that pastor was an evil person. That's not what I'm saying. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm giving you an example what happened to a pastor. We don't know the circumstances. I don't know the backstory. I already told you that. But God, you're going to start seeing more of that. We're already starting to see some of that, my friends. God is here, and he's real, and he's alive, and he's ever powerful and he's coming in on our behalf especially for those who have been oppressed who have been in situations where it's just like why is this happening to me god is coming in like a roaring fire man he is really tearing things down he's gonna judge people he's gonna place uh he's gonna do it righteously and he's gonna do it in a way that's gonna be fiery fire and he's gonna be like i'm taking it all down and it's gonna be destroyed and i'm doing it away with it because you did not do what I've asked you to do. You've been leading my, misleading my flock. You're having my children go astray. You're having my children doubt me. You're having my children walk away from me. Listen, these things are happening for real today in churches, my friends. So just to close this out, this is what God then says. Woe to the worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. A sword shall be against his arm and against his right eye. His arm shall completely wither and his right eye shall be totally blinded. 
How much more detail can that possibly be of what God is saying? Like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to take out these shepherds. And I'm going to take them out because they left my flock. They misleaded my flock. They, they, they confused my flock. There's a lot of flock. There's a lot of congregation members these days. Oh my gosh, they're so confused. They're confused, my friends. I got friends who are Christians in churches going, I don't really know what's going on with God. I'm confused. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe God's not real. I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean God's not real? Of course he's real. Well, you know, maybe all this Jesus stuff is just mystical. You know, it's just a mythology. I'm like, what are you talking about? Jesus is real. There's evidence that Jesus was real. What are you talking about? And those are the people we got to pray for. Because listen, our brothers and sisters are falling by the wayside. And we're not realizing it. Because first of all, a lot of people are not talking about it. Right? They're not, they're not talking about themselves. You know, it says it clearly in the Bible. You're struggling with something. You got to come and confess your sins to one another. So people can pray for you, uplift you, encourage you. Pray over you. You know, get you on the right track again. We have a lot of brothers and sisters that are falling by the wayside. That's not good, my friends. Listen, I'm very passionate about this, especially this, this chapter, chapter 11, man, in Zechariah. This is, this is crazy. But this is the desolation of Israel and the prophecy of the shepherds. Listen, this is a prophecy that, that Zechariah brought forth to the people and people witnessed. And this is a prophecy that we hold on to today. Because we have a lot of shepherds that are evil. We have a lot of shepherds that are not feeding the flock. We have a lot of leaderships that are misleading communities, making decisions for communities that are not good. Thinking that they're doing better for the people, but they're destroying the people. They're controlling the people. They're not feeding the people well. They're not giving them what they deserve, what they need. Listen, we're experiencing that today. And I'm telling you, those shepherds will be taken out too. They will be dismissed. They'll be like, you're done with your job. You're fired. Get out of here. You no longer have this position. And we're seeing it with world leaders today. This is currently happening. We're witnessing that. And we know that's God doing miracles, not just in our hometowns, not just here locally. He's doing it globally. So my friends, look, it was truly a pleasure to share this word with you today. Go back, reread it. Please go back. And we read it. Because here's the problem. It is a great tragedy for God's people when their leaders fail to care for them adequately. And God does hold leaders accountable for the condition of his people. And that's why even in the New Testament, it tells church leaders let not many of you become teachers knowing that he shall receive a stricter judgment. If God puts you in a position of leadership, my friend, remember that it is always a place of great responsibility. Any position you are given at church, at your job, in your household, anything, it requires great responsibility. And you will be held accountable for the people you are entrusted to be overseeing and helping in their careers, in their ministries, and in the upbringing of your home. So my friends, I leave you with that word because this is some deep stuff here, okay? Go back, reread it, read the, chapter, the entire chapter 11 because this is just amazing information. And Zachariah experienced it firsthand. And we're experiencing it too now. We're like the people experiencing the shepherds and the leaders that are being taken out. Well, these are leaders that have been, people have been trying to take out for a long time. And have never been successful to do so. Because they kept either getting voted, voted in, or they just stayed in. Because they made laws that they could never be taken out. And now we're seeing all this happening and so unfolding in front of our eyes. So my friends... Stand strong in the Lord. Know that our main leader is Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father who loves us, sustains us, he, he embraces us, and He always wants us to be living a healthy life and give us nourishment to His Word that's in the Bible. 
So use the word, read the word, get inspired, get motivated, and know that you will fulfill everyday purpose in your life. So my friends, I look forward to sharing the word with you again next week. Where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose, my friends. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.